So a little teaching before we begin the practice of equanimity today. Just a reminder uh, about the practices of equanimity and metta that you have been doing. How we're making it a habit to incline the mind to loving kindness, to equanimity, and also to the mindfulness when we do our vipassana practice. We're making it a habit to incline there over and over and over again. And it becomes natural for us to do that. When we do the practice of equanimity, it becomes more and more natural for us to feel a sense of balance within us, to feel a sense of inclusiveness. So it's not only the balance that we're uh, developing, not only the balance that we're inclining the mind to, but that sense that we can include all parts of ourselves, all parts of another in our practice. We open to that when we say, this is how it is for you. This is how your life is. This is how it is for you in relationship to your life. Can I, it asks a question and it helps us to answer it with balance and spaciousness. Can I accept all parts of you? You know how sometimes, uh, especially with people close to us, with friends, with our partners, there are different parts of them, maybe not only one, maybe more than one parts of them that kind of bug us about how they are, who they are, how they respond to things, what they do and how they do it. And with equanimity, we're more able to say, okay, this is part of you too it asks us to accept that part of them with love also, or with some understanding also. Um, I remember my daughter telling me when we were having a talk about someone that something about this person both kind of bugged us a little bit. And she turned to me and she said very straightforwardly in her just her incredible and astounding teenage mind, She said, Mom, that's part of her too. That's part of her too. And I said, oh yeah, it is. And I can still like her, even though that's part of her. Because what equanimity does when we develop it is it allows us to open to that part of that person. It allows us to open to our aversion to that part uh, of ourselves in relationship to that person and just be at ease with what's going on, outwardly and inwardly. So we open to all parts of the other, we open to all parts of ourselves, and just have more space for that, be more at ease with that. When we're able to say, this is how it is for you, we say it with love, we say it with understanding, When we say, this is how it is for me, we say it with acceptance, with understanding, with that wisdom. I I remember that phrase uh, just now. I'm remembering a phrase from Sri Nisargadatta. Love tells me I'm everything. Wisdom tells me I'm nothing. And between the two, my love flows. Just opening to it all, the wisdom, of how things are. 
the love that can accept how things are with others, with their situation, with ourselves, which are with our own situation. We don't have to get attached, which brings us suffering to how we think it should be. We don't have to force it out of our hearts, force them out of our hearts, out of our lives. We can open to it all. So it says that this understanding helps us to understand that equanimity <coughs> develops love. It makes love deeper, makes it more unconditional. Sometimes in the metta practice, I'll offer a metta phrase like, um, may you be at, at peace, but I know that person isn't at peace, and I'm not sure that person will be at peace in the near future, but equanimity helps me to open to that and still say, I offer you my goodwill, may you be at peace, no matter what happens in your life, even if you don't achieve that place within yourself or in your life, I'll still offer you my goodwill. So it makes metta unconditional, and that's why it's important to practice both equanimity and loving-kindness and metta. I offer you my love no matter what happens. When we say the phrase, may you be safe and protected, when I say that for my children, of course, I'm old enough, we're all old enough to know we don't know what's going to happen. They're not always going to be safe and protected. But still, with our unconditional love, because of equanimity, we keep offering our goodwill. We keep knowing that that is my wish, that is my blessing, even though I know it may not come true, or it may not be so all the time. So today, what I'd like us to do um, is to infuse our equanimity practice with our love, with each phrase of equanimity, which are more of reflections about life, about our hearts, about ourselves, in relationship to the other person, in relationship to our own hearts. Can we infuse those reflections with our love? The reflection this is how it is for you. Now that you've been practicing more metta, can you infuse it with your deep care? This is how it is for you. I understand that. I accept all parts of you, no matter what's happening. This is how it is for you. And when we say it for ourselves, when we come back to our own hearts, this is how it is for me. This is part of my journey right now. Can we accept all parts of ourselves, those parts that we don't like about ourselves, those habit patterns that come up still? Can we accept those with lots of love, with a big heart? So we'll do our equanimity practice with that in mind infusing all of our reflections, our wisdom understandings uh, of equanimity, infusing them with our goodwill, with our loving-kindness. So let's begin now. <clears throat>
So in this practice, I'll be I'll be giving some reflections that may include metta directly in the reflection that we're doing about that person or about our own hearts. We begin, as usual, by bringing our attention to our heart center. And allowing ourselves to relax into that area. Beginning with a neutral person calling forth in our minds visually if we can or in a felt sense this neutral person being as clear as we can about who we are choosing. And with this person, though we don't know exactly what's going on in their lives, we reflect on the universal fact of change. universal understanding that all beings experience the highs and lows of life, gain and loss, praise and blame, pleasure and pain. Everyone has their own journey. All beings have their own journey. through the ups and downs of life. This is how it is for this person. So reflecting on that in any way that that understanding comes to you naturally, with your own words, in your own way, deepening that wisdom in your heart. All beings have their own journey. Do what you can to keep interested, to stay interested in your reflection and this person. Stay connected.
And every once in a while, turn your attention to your own heart. What's going on there in relationship to this person? Maybe it's not much. Just knowing this is how it is in my own heart. Then moving on to a dear friend or a loved one. Choosing someone that you have some interest in developing equanimity around. Have a sense of who it is. and then reflect on that person's life or that person per se. Using a phrase and understanding that keeps your heart open with balance and spaciousness to that person. May my heart open to how it is for you with balance, equanimity. And as you do that, every once in a while, check out your own heart's response. May I open to how it is in my own heart with balance.
whenever you notice any reactivity within you. Open to that. This is how it is right now. Moving on to another dear friend when you're ready. Again, choosing someone you have some interest in developing this kind of equanimity about. and let yourself reflect about that person. Remembering a situation or just how they are about their life. This is how it is for you. This is the natural unfolding of your journey. heart open to how it is for you.
now turning the attention to your own heart and mind. What's going on there? Notice if there's any reactivity or maybe there's compassion. Maybe there's metta. Opening to that. This is the natural unfolding of my own journey. You can name what's happening within your own heart. It helps to be more honest with ourselves, not ignoring it. This is how it is for me right now. then moving on to a benefactor. Someone who has benefited you. And again, reflecting about this person. Some area of their life where you can take some interest in developing a balanced mind about them.
All beings have their own journey according to their karma. May I open to your journey with love and wisdom. Now leaving that person's life and that person to the side for now and devoting all of your attention to your own hearts. Letting the story about that person go, which usually distracts us from knowing what goes on inside our own hearts. Notice what's going on there. Attachment or aversion. Loving kindness or compassion. Fully accepting it. This is how it is for me right now.
May I open to how it is for me right now. on to the difficult person. Having a sense of who you're choosing again. taking some time to think about this person, situation, their life. All beings have their own journey. This is part of your journey. It's how it is for you. beings are owners of their actions, heirs to their actions.
this is how it is. May I accept how it is for you with love and wisdom. And if you haven't already, turning your attention to your own heart and being clear about leaving that person's story to the side, not getting bound up in their life, but taking this precious time to look at your own inner life about that person in relationship to that person. You don't have to bring in the story to know what's going on in your own heart. Just accepting that, your own heart, with a balance of love and wisdom. May I accept the joy and sorrow of my own heart with clarity, with non-reactivity.
And lastly, we move on to oneself. And here we call to mind perhaps a situation in our own life. Something about ourselves where we might feel a bit of attachment or aversion. The way our habit patterns play out in our personality. Might be something in your family life or your job, your career that's difficult to bear, to open to. Take some time to reflect on that. May my heart be at ease with these conditions of my life. May I open to these conditions without resistance, without attachment. be at ease with the changing conditions of my life.
And again, we turn and look at more specifically our heart's response to our life. Disappointment or frustration, okayness, appreciation, sense of balance, just noticing, naming if it helps you to clarify. May I be at ease with the changing conditions of my heart and mind. Pain and pleasure come and go. Coming to a close now, bringing your attention back to the heart center. And see if you can have a sense of bringing all those people together that you just practiced with. Having the difficult person in the field of your awareness. Beside that person, put the benefactor. To the other side, your dear friend. And the other dear friend. This takes some concentration. and the neutral person. And offering all of them as a group your loving kindness. May you all be safe and protected. Radiating loving kindness from your heart offering that to all of these.
without preference, without distinction. May you all be happy, peaceful, May you all be at ease with the changing conditions of your life. Use your own words, your own ways, offering your goodwill. expanding our field of metta to include everyone here. May you all be safe, protected. May wisdom and compassion always protect you. May all beings everywhere, in all directions, without exception, all the beings seen and unseen, known and unknown, in all realms of existence, may all beings be happy, radiating loving kindness, May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be liberated. What did you learn about yourselves in, yes? I uh, was trying to practice for my... I couldn't hear you, please. No, it's just some background noise. I was uh, trying to do the equanimity practice for my grown children. Yes. In their 20s. Uh Uh-huh. I was okay with the part about, you know, your life is as it is. But then when I got to looking in my own heart, there was such attachment, such clinging, such filth. Yeah, They've yeah. They've been gone for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess I worry that this is so, still so intense. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how it, so as a mom. Yeah. So the discovery was that in offering or developing equanimity, 
in regards to one's children, there was this kind of easeful ability to do that. But when turning back to her own heart, noticing a lot of attachment still there, it was quite strong and intense and uh, worried about that. Okay. So were you making worry a part of your practice also? Okay, so it's really important to bring that sense of equanimity, developing equanimity around the worry. And sometimes it can be like for me, I'm just letting you know what happens in my own heart. It's like disappointment, you know, like after all these years of practice and after (laughs) there's still like it's still, there's still something there, of course. And so um, one of the things that helps me is to understand that, of course, we're still going to have attachment. (laughs) Um, That doesn't leave until we're, you know, quite far along on the path, the second or third stage of enlightenment, actually. (laughs) So so it's something we're going to have to deal with over and over again. But really, our attachment may come up of course. Even aversion may come up. But then there's lessening reactivity to that. You know, there's lessening worry about that. There's, along the way, there's more acceptance of that. It's, it's more acceptance of that. Of course, we're just human. You know, we're just moms <laughs> or human beings and dads, and it's the way it goes. So, if we can bring our attention to what's going on, that's why it's so important to turn our attention here. Because we think, oh yeah, everything's okay, we've let go. But when we turn inwardly and we're really looking, we see that, oh, there's something still there that could be what's what fuels a lot of our um, activity in regards to them in the world. Yeah. So developing equanimity around what goes on deep inside is probably more important. And that's why I I ask you to turn the attention here to discover what's going on here. Um, And sometimes it takes a while to notice what's going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. So it's like the conviction with someone I know who's ill, um, his, you know, that, that he can't, that's unbearable. Mm-hmm. But the reactivity is more, it, it's like to my fantasy of what they're like. You're right, right. Uh-huh. So that's something important to notice that the reactivity is oftentimes, that's something that we discover about ourselves, the reactivity is oftentimes to our own projection about them. It's not about them, actually. It's about what we're projecting. And I was wondering when somebody was going to bring that up. (laughs) Um, You know, we have our ideas about what a person is feeling or thinking or experiencing and we finally wake up and say, that's just what I think about them. It's not, it may not be what they're going through at all. This is an important discovery, that our reactivity is oftentimes 
to our thoughts about that person and not about that person, really. So uh, can we open to that? I mean, it's not something that I can... It's not something that it's, it's something that's better for you to discover rather than for me to say and you to agree with, right? It's something better for you to discover on your own. And then it's really deep. Then you really get it that way. So um, when we have that understanding, it's a big aha, or it's an aha in some way. And then just look at your own reactivity at that point. At that point, you just come back to see what's going on in your own heart about that. Oftentimes, it's relief, you know, because some delusion has been broken. Yeah. I noticed the same thing mm-hmm. when I was doing the equanimity practice. So what, what do you do then if you, if you don't know? Um, well, if, if that's what I was doing before was reflecting on my projection of what their life was like mm-hmm. and not necessarily what it, is, what it may actually be like. Yeah. Then again, come back to what's going on in your own heart. It, it could be a, an element of surprise. Oh, you, you're surprised about that understanding. Or as I just said, you're relieved about it. Or maybe you feel ashamed about it, you know. Or maybe you feel, um, maybe it turns into compassion for yourself. Whatever it is, just bringing some sense of balanced understanding there. So I'm trying to bring in the element of understanding here. It's not just balance, it's not just spaciousness, but it's wisdom that we're opening to. It's understanding that we're opening to also. Yeah. But oftentimes we do know about a person's life, right? It's not all the time that we're projecting on, on a person, what we think the person is going through. Oftentimes they tell us directly, it's really hard. This place in my heart, in my life is really hard right now. Or, you know, it's unbearable or um, whatever it is. We, we know because they tell us so or they're obviously acting it out. Um, so it's not always that we have the projection. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, normally I might get caught in the content of that and instead focus my attention on the not good enough and brought equanimity to that. Exactly. And one of the things that that seems to do is kind of like burn the fog and clear a space where I can start to feel that connection again. But that sense of judgment mm-hmm. and that sense of, um, well, that was good, but that was, wasn't. Um, mm-hmm, constantly mm-hmm. monitoring and trying to improve 
sense that uh, an aspect of my practice that I often don't pay attention to, and then but when I do, it's really interesting what the results are. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a process, and I just want to repeat um, the essence of what you said that in turning to your heart, you realized going through some steps, you realized this it's clear, but it's not good enough. And uh, then when you paid attention to that part of the experience, that in-the-moment experience, it sort of uh, burnt the fog away and helped you to be, I don't know, more relaxed, more clear about that. Yeah, sometimes. So, you know, this is what we need to constantly do. Not, not constantly, but every once in a while, turn our attention to what's going on in the mind in the heart. And in this practice that we're offering to you, this equanimity practice, we're also helping you to develop that habit. Whatever is going on, to turn the attention and very specifically notice what's going on in your own heart. Because oftentimes our attention is pulled outside, even in our vipassana practice. And so we need that habit pattern of seeing what's going on in here and at deeper levels. Because that's what's running the show a lot. Yeah, and we don't know it most of the time, or a lot of the time. So, okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.